0: Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Becoming Italian podcast. My name is Caleb and along with my co-host Ben, we will attempt to demystify the process of applying for recognition of your Italian citizenship, Iure Sanguinis, which in Italian means essentially by blood. In this episode, we cover our personal stories of attempting to apply in Italy and try to dispel some of the hype and myths you might find online. And sometimes even propagated by so-called experts who may or may not have your best interests at heart. It's also a lot of outdated information that uh, does not apply to the process currently in Italy due to recent changes. So we'll try to cover some of that as well. By way of disclaimer, neither Ben nor I are lawyers or experts on this process. We are experienced amateurs. So uh take what we say as guidance but definitely consult your own legal counsel or experts before you take action based on anything we say today so without further ado let's jump right in and we're live all right um to start out let's let's chat a little bit about what italian citizenship jus sanguinis actually is um and how it sort of differs from becoming an italian citizen because that is I think an important distinction uh, that some people don't realize, if you are a, an Italian citizen by descent, um, you're already an Italian citizen, and the Italian government already considers you an Italian citizen. Um, so what you're actually doing is just proving that you are a citizen. You're not actually becoming uh, an Italian citizen. Um, and this is this is important uh, because some countries, for example, don't really allow dual citizenship or if you become uh, a citizen or get naturalized as a citizen of another country, uh, they'll want you to give up your current citizenship. And in this case, that doesn't really apply because if you are of Italian ancestry, um, what's called jus sanguinis citizenship, which stands for literally by blood, I believe, um, you know, if you, if you do have that Italian blood, then you were essentially born as an Italian citizen. So, like in my case, for example, and I think it's the same for you. You know, born in the U.S., you're automatically a U.S. citizen. But we were both also Italian citizens at birth because we did have that Italian blood. Um, obviously, there are some uh, exceptions to that. Um, you know, there's some timing issues. Like if your ancestors uh, renounced their Italian citizenship at some point, um, that can you know break your citizenship line. But just kind of wanted to get that out there and out of the way because there are some misconceptions, uh, you know, around what this actually is. Um, you're not actually becoming an Italian citizen. You're really just applying for recognition of that citizenship. Um, does that sound about sound about right to you?
1: Yeah, that's the idea behind this, right? Is is we're gonna we're gonna throw out sort of you know our experience uh, through this process, and then sort of what we've learned. This is and is not. Um, you know a couple of things to touch on from there cuz you're dead on is is keep in mind now as of 2019 um there've been some changes it hasn't affected this process but it has changed the the right through marriage and then the right through naturalization and it's probably only a matter of time until they do the the sort of right of blood which is uh uh I've always pronounced it when it, but um you know th- at some point there will be a change like that's there was actually a proposed one that didn't go through, right? They wanted to make it so you couldn't go past 1948. So anything past 1948, so any document that came before then, any person before before then would not be able to pass down citizenship, which is kind of the law now, which goes back to 1870, right? I don't know the exact date on that, but uh, basically there's a cutoff before Italy was a was a country. You couldn't become a citizen or you couldn't pass down citizenship because there was no country. So, um yeah, uh, you know, so the, the the citizenship recognition process. You're right. Is it's 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 literally you were Italian from birth, and you're just backdating that paperwork. You know, for for you, much like me, you know, I, I uh, you know I know we'll get into this a little bit later, but uh, when you submit your application, when you when you actually put that paperwork, uh, it's sent to wherever your family is from, unless you've done it in Italy. Uh, it's sent to wherever your family is, from, and they actually. You know, generate you a birth record uh, as if your your birth was registered there, and so it's it's almost kind of bringing you back to where your family started, whatever that is. So it's 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 uh it's you know there's a lot of misconceptions. That's our idea behind this, right? Is we're gonna get out here and, and discuss our experience and what happened and what we learned and what we found was true and wasn't true, and we both got some real unique situations. You know, you entered on a British passport, and I entered on an American, and I had some visa challenges and, and you had the problems with the office, not wanting to deal with you. And it's, 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 you know, this is our take on, on what we think you should do based on our experience.
0: Precisely. Yeah. Um, and just sort of learnings as well. Cause I think what you should do is going to differ for everybody, right? It depends on your situation. It depends on what you're trying to get out of Italian citizenship, what your long-term goals are, um, you know, in, in both of our cases, you know, we we did try to apply in Italy and ended up ultimately not doing that, which we'll get into later. Uh, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily the wrong choice to apply in Italy. It may work well for some people, but you need to be sort of aware of the reality of the situation in Italy right now and why that might not be as easy as advertised by some providers and, and things like that. Um, but why don't we back up a little bit and just give us a little bit of background on sort of, you know, where you're from and how you sort of learned you were an Italian citizen, why you decided to pursue that process.
1: Sure. So uh, my name is Ben. I'm 28 as of this recording. Uh, I'm from Detroit originally. I I don't really know how I found out I was Italian. Um, you know, I, I have an Italian name. My real name is Ben. It's Benedetto uh, or in Italy Benedetto. Um, I... Uh, you know, I I just one day kind of stumbled upon it. You know, I'd always had Italian roots, always sort of identified with being Italian, but that didn't mean much. You know, it was just sort of the Italian grocery store was like Italian to me. I didn't really have a a difference in my mind of what Italy was. i would never been. You know, I didn't have any sort of cultural connection other than sort of American Italian. And um, some point in 2016, I figured out I was Italian. I don't remember exactly when. I want to say around December. I just realized that I could become an Italian citizen. And I, my process started, I looked on ancestry.com and I found my grandfather, my great grandfather, uh, naturalization paperwork. And you know, that we'll, we'll discuss kind of how that all fits in later. But, um, you know, once I found that, I realized, Hey, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm eligible for this. This is like a thing. And as it kind of started there, I started getting paperwork and it kind of snowballed into something I really wanted to do before it was just sort of an interest of some sort. um, Yeah, that's kind of kind of the elevator pitch of my story.
0: Uh, What about you? Uh, Yeah, so for me, um, I as you mentioned earlier, I have British citizenship as well. Uh, My mom is from there, so I already had the British citizenship. Uh, I was born in the U.S. in uh, you know San Francisco Bay Area. Um, You know, grew up there, uh, got the British citizenship. After I started traveling in Europe for a bit and sort of ran out of, um, you know, the the visa time there. So you're allowed like 90 days as an American. Somebody told me, hey, your mom's British. That means, you know, you can probably pursue this British citizenship. So I did. Uh, And then Brexit happened. And I started getting concerned that, you know, I might sort of lose the right to live and work in the EU and, and things like that. Um, and that's when I started pursuing the Italian side of things. So like you, I have an Italian last name. My first name is not Italian, um, but I you know, just decided at the point that Brexit happened that okay, I think it's time to look into this a little more seriously and uh, you know, see about the Italian side. Thankfully in my case, my aunt was really into sort of genealogy and, and the, the whole family tree and that whole situation. So she got me a lot of the preliminary documents, um, in that case. And then I did decide to actually hire somebody to help me with the document collection in Italy and also, you know, apostilles of documents from the U S and translations and assistance in Italy and, and things like that. Since I didn't speak Italian, um, so that's kind of the, the short version of why I decided to, you know, sort of pursue this, um, I think this is a good point to interject and just point out for people that may be wondering, uh, I think you mentioned your great-great-grandfather or great-grandfather?
1: My great-grandfather. My my okay. grandfather's father.
0: Right. So it's the same for me. Um, it's also my great-grandfather came from Italy to the U.S. But there's actually no limit on the number of generations that uh, you can use to apply for recognition of citizenship. So. It could be your great 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 grandfather, it could be your, you know, your father. It doesn't really matter as long as you can collect the paperwork to show that, you know, you are descended from these people and that none of them renounced citizenship uh, prior to the birth of the next ancestor. Uh the caveat
1: there though, right? Is you know, yeah. the first is is that that eighteen seventy cutoff. Um, you can't go past eighteen seventy because Italy wasn't a right. country.
0: That's uh, correct, yeah.
1: And then the other problem, right? And this is something that we could discuss as well, or we'll discuss. Uh, you know, it's really only male bloodlines. Um, you can you can do it through the, the mother side, if you will, uh, but it's it's one of those things you have to do in Italy. Uh, you know, Italy is a is a country of guidelines much more so than than law, and it's just one of those things where they passed a law that says you can't, uh, or had some sort of structure in place that says you you could not. Become a, a citizen through the sort of the the woman's bloodline, and you know now they've kind of backed off that. But you have to get it sort of recognized in an Italian court, so it's a little yes. bit different than this yeah. process. And that that's a whole other discussion.
0: Yeah, it'd be similar, except that you'd I think you'd basically be hiring a lawyer in Italy in that case yep. uh, to to try your case sure. and get a, a court order essentially to. Uh, allow you to become a citizen if it's <laughs> your your mother or your grandmother or something like that.
1: Yeah, and good luck with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, got no, got as, we, as we learned, uh, Italy can be a bit bureaucratic at times. Um, uh, yep. So yep. let's jump into once you once you made the decision to actually um, you know do this citizenship thing and, and apply for recognition. You decided to do it in Italy. Um, where where in Italy did you go and, and sort of how did you go about pursuing that initially?
1: Sure. So for me, it was a little different. Uh, and we've got different stories. But, um, you know, I, uh, I'm a business owner in the U.S. And I decided that uh, I wanted to go on vacation. You know, it actually came with a, a conversation with my cousin. I, uh, I knew I wanted to go to Israel, actually. And my cousin said, hey, if you're gonna go to Israel, why don't we go to Italy together? So I made some changes. And my cousin met me in Israel and spent uh, two weeks there, and maybe three weeks, and then went to Italy. And uh, I basically, you know, never got on the plane home. I, uh, I knew I could do this process. I, I uh, actually, I'm getting sick. So that's the reason I didn't fly home. But Uh, mine was kind of more, I just kind of fell into it. You know, I just, just kind of was there and decided, let's take a shot at this. I knew I could sort of keep everything running, my business running well being overseas. So, uh, I, you know, I, I sort of did the normal tourist route in Italy. I I flew into Milan. I visited uh, Venice, Florence, Naples, and then Rome. And uh, my flight was out of Rome and I literally just never left the city after that. Uh, I, I just stayed for 12 months.
0: Um mm-hmm. what about you? So when you when you uh arrived in Italy initially, you were not really planning on going through this process. So it's safe to say that, you know, you were kind of essentially when you decided to stay and pursue it, learning as you you were learning as you went. Um
1: Yeah, absolutely. Totally winged it.
0: Yeah. And it was it was very similar for me. I I came to Italy more intentionally. Um, you know, I've I've been living as sort of a digital nomad, if you will, uh, for about five years. So going to Italy was easy for me. I already had sort of, you know, income from online sources and things like that. So I didn't have to worry about, you know, getting a job or uh, a lot of the sort of logistical issues that a lot of people might have uh, with moving there. But as far as the process of, um, you know, applying for recognition of citizenship, I was really, you know, really new. I didn't, I knew some stuff from researching online, but I really didn't understand the process fully. So I was also kind of learning as I went. Um, In my case, I came to Bologna initially, and then stayed there for about two months. Um, The first thing that you kind of have to do as part of this process if you do apply in Italy is establish residency somewhere. um, And then you apply wherever you establish residency to have your citizenship recognized. So in my case in Bologna, I needed to find an apartment and get a lease on an apartment in order to apply for residency there um, and it, it turned out that Bologna has kind of a housing shortage there's a lot of students moving there there's universities there um, it's a very nice town but it's kind of crowded and they're not really building any new housing in Bologna so after talking to like locals there and students that have been there for a while um, who had been looking for apartments for six months or even a year or more I realized that you know it was just going to take a long time to get that initial residency. To even start the process uh so i ended up going down to naples which is you know just an hour or so south of rome by train so we weren't actually that far from each other when we did this um and i think we kind of were there more or less during the same time pursuing this in parallel um so that's you know that's kind of the geographical uh you know history of of where we went and where we tried to do this um what would you say As you went through the process, what did you do right, if anything? Um, What would you recommend people do if they decide to apply in Italy? Um, You know, as initial first steps, what should they be thinking about and doing, you know, say in the first two to three weeks after they arrive there? Well,
1: so um, to be honest with you, you know, so I was in Italy for a year uh, from December 27th to December 8th following Uh, for me, it, you know, I don't know that I really did a whole lot right. Uh, you know, there wasn't there wasn't anything I did that uh, that sort of lined up with how you're supposed to do it. But I I, I I guess that is why it ended up being such a sort of challenge to get anything done. Um, you know, so just before that is, if you're going to do something in Italy, if you're gonna if you're gonna do anything in Italy, citizenship, whatever, you absolutely need to be on your you know piece of cues. be really sort of proficient with. Uh, whatever that process is, because if you, if you, if you miss a step or you're too slow to it, whatever that is, um, you know, it will, it will, you know, cause you headache. Um, for me, uh, probably the smartest thing I did was when I filed for a permissive use in journal, which is a residence. um. I, I went in there and I filed for the Permisso di di uh, something, a test that you which is basically your, your, your claiming citizen. There's, there's actually a long-term visa for lack of a better term uh, for people who can prove their lineage, uh, which is a, a different discussion. But um, I filed for that and I went to the appointment for that. So I didn't overstay my visa, which is, you know, not that you should do that, but it's a really bad idea to do that. Uh, you know, they won't care while you're there, but they'll get you when you leave the country if you overstay. And I've heard that from many people that it's not a big deal to overstay your visa. Don't don't roll the, the, the dice there. That's just not worth it. Because if you get a, a border agent who, whether through instruction or their own you know, sort of choice, decides to jam you up over it, you know, they can, they can ruin this whole process for you because if you have overstayed your visa in Italy, you know, they can, they can put that on your record and that's going to make it an issue for you filing citizenship, um, reclaiming citizenship is, the, um, but you know, uh, just going through that process of getting my visa extended, even though I, I didn't really have the paperwork turned in yet, um, allowed me to stay legally for 12 months you know, because I continually argued with them about, uh, what I was trying to do and why I was having problems. Every time I sort of went back to the police or the Questura to discuss it, um, you know, they, they always sort of gave me an extension. So, um, you know, for me, the biggest challenge was, was if we're going to talk about the sort of biggest, or the easiest thing or the thing I did the best, the thing I did the worst was not understand the difficulty of renting an apartment and then turning around and getting it registered with your local government. Um, Italy is, is politically sort of in a weird space, you know, uh, you know, politics aside, it's, they're not really that open to non-Italians registering apartments right now. And, you know, even if you have all your paperwork, right, which in my case, I did, uh, they refused to register my, my residence application, refused to accept it. And they just kept giving me different reasons. And then finally they told me, well, it's because you don't have a permissive decent giorno. Well, you know, I had all the paperwork. I'd already been to the police. I'd already gone through that process they just, you know, they were just sort of leaning on that because they didn't want to help me. So it's, 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 it's a, it's, it's a weird situation, which goes back to that, you know, you really need to be from go, you need to know what you're doing. Uh,
0: yeah. And to clarify, I think the normal process that would be recommended would be to go there, get an apartment. Once you have the apartment, you can register the lease. And once you have the registered lease then you can go get residency um, with that registered lease, and that gives you the ability to turn in your citizenship paperwork. Once you've turned that paperwork in, then normally you could go get that permiso di soggiorno for citizenship. Is that correct?
1: Um, yeah, you can kind of play with that a little bit. See, it really depends where you're at. Um, in Rome, it took me two months, the better part of almost three months, to get into the uh for... Um, immigration in rome there's a there's, there's a big hub it's in torsapienza uh it's it's on the very far outskirts of the west side of rome i think it's the east side of it. but uh it's it's it took me several months just to go to the police so you don't have to do it exactly in that order but you know really you you have to have an apartment figured out almost immediately because it's, it's going to take you a good chunk of time to get your your paperwork filed and get everything sort of in line uh, because it, it, Italy is not a not a country that lends itself to speed.
0: Yeah, and that's probably something. Uh, if I had to give one tip to people trying to go through this process, it would probably be you know every single document you need along the way is going to take several months. So you want to try to do as many as you can in parallel. So uh, you know I made the mistake. I, I've told you this story before, but um, you know for the benefit of the of the listeners, I'll go over it again. When I was in in Naples, uh, I got a an appointment for residency. So that is to take your registered lease into the you know government office there and register as a resident with that lease. Um, I ended up needing to go to the U.S. Uh, to for some business reasons over that appointment. And when I went to extend it, um, you know, basically found out there were no further appointments available for two months beyond that. Um, And part of that was just long wait times in in Naples where I was doing this, and part of it was holiday shutdowns. So the government shuts down for the month of August, I think pretty much in all of Italy. Um, So that's another thing to think about if you're there in the summer, you're going to have a month of sort of time where you're not going to get anything done. Nothing's going to really move through the government. Uh, But in general, you know, any document, any kind of registration, any kind of appointment um for government business expect a couple months wait time just to get into the office and then if they have to do anything on the back end you're looking at several more months before you're probably you know notified of any kind of progress uh, on your case or for your documents or things like that yeah
1: um you know the the thing too with Italy right is is you're gonna look up online uh, in this process and you're gonna you're gonna find people that tell you it's easy and you're gonna find different sort of streams of Uh, information that are going to give you, you know, an idea of what you need to do in the country. And in my experience, almost all of them are wrong. Um, You know, there, there's, there's sort of these services and uh, individuals who can help you go through the process. I, you know, sort of would tell you not to use them. Um, Some of them I'm sure, sure do the process legally and in the correct way. Uh, But a lot of them do not. And that is something that is very frowned upon in Italy. And they will crack down on you if they find out that you, you know, did something a little bit sort of out of line. Um, you know, with Italy, too, is there are some cities that, you know, promote this process. There's a city in the north called uh, Mantova, which, you know, they tell you that they have a process pretty much streamlined. You go to the city, they have a, an interview with you to make sure that your paperwork is correct. Um, the registering a lease in that city is very easy, apparently. Uh, there, there's a lot of, of sort of, uh, of, there's very much so a streamlined process with them. But the problem is, is that because it's online and because they're so efficient with it, they've sort of gotten overwhelmed with applicants. And that's an Italy thing in general. That's, that's some of the reason they changed the, the laws around marriage and naturalization. I considered, uh, even with this was, you know, that, there are so many people coming from other parts of the world that want to claim uh, or reclaim Italian citizenship that you know they're just sort of bogged down. Um, you know, it's 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 you know sort of goes back to the point. Don't really believe what you're going to read online because you know what what's on the ground, what's happening on the ground is 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 probably a totally different experience than what you're going to read online for the most part.
0: Yeah. And a lot of the sort of providers that you'll talk to, um, there are some really good ones out there. Uh, and we'll probably go over some of those maybe in a later podcast. But a lot of the, the people that you'll find online or people you'll talk to are vested towards making you believe it's easier than it is. Because if you believe it's easy, you're more likely to sign up and use them and their services and pursue this process. Um so they're gonna they're gonna try to make it sound a bit easier than it is. Uh and the second issue that you'll find when you're sort of researching this is a lot of the information online is outdated. So you know you you reference sort of the the towns that have been overloaded uh with applications recently and, and that's something that's really happened in the last couple years. Uh, so if you're reading anything that's more than two or three years old, it's not really probably relevant anymore um, because things have really changed politically and just from a numbers perspective in Italy, uh, when it comes to this process in the last couple of years, there's been a, a huge flood of people applying in Italy um, and the towns essentially cannot keep up. So any town that makes it easy gets flooded with applications and then they end up having two, three year wait times pretty quickly. Um, and then any town that does not make it easy, usually they still have a fairly large queue, especially larger towns and cities. Um, they have a long wait time because there's just a lot of people trying to apply for this process now. Uh, I don't know how accurate the numbers are, but someone estimated somewhere that uh, there were like something like 100 million Italians outside of Italy, um, across South America. It's more These, than Italy has, period. Yeah, I believe there are uh, more Italians different. technically that's outside else. of Italy than there are in Italy itself, um, in South America, in, across the US, and uh, places like that. So, uh, in the last couple of years, due to this sort of massive influx of people, um, you know, part of it was spurred by some of the economic conditions in Brazil. Some of it was spurred by issues in Venezuela, for example, and in Argentina. Um, Italian sort of communes or municipalities have either clamped down on the process, uh, they're much more strict and they're a lot slower at doing it, or they stopped, stopped accepting applications entirely. Um, so you just take that into account when you're looking into this and realize that it's not as easy as it used to be. Uh, and that's sort of what we really both experienced. So uh, do you wanna share kind of how your uh, application ended up in Italy and why you didn't sort of finalize applying there and, and how you did eventually uh end up going about applying. uh
1: my issue was that i could not get the government offices to talk to each other uh i could not get uh the comune to recognize my residence application which means i could not uh legally turn in my paperwork to what is called the ufficio di stato civile because i couldn't turn in my paperwork i was not eligible for the long term visa um i still had a valid visa uh they hadn't denied me yet uh but because I couldn't turn that paperwork in, I couldn't finalize it. So I was kind of stuck between three government offices and no one wanted to sort of, you know, jump out of line to help. So uh, actually the last day in Italy, my last full day was a Friday. I went to the Ufficio di Stato Civile uh, to see if I could get them to accept my paperwork or at least tell me if I had the correct paperwork. Because through the 12 months in Italy, nobody would really sort of, you know, let me know if, if I had everything done properly or not. And we'll get into some of the requirements in Italy that are different from the consulates. But uh, the the challenge uh, with with this office was that they're so overwhelmed, they're so overloaded. and they get so many people that try to skirt, you know, the the rules that uh, they, you know, sort of didn't like what I was trying to do. Uh, there was a woman in there who I had seen many months prior, and she told me what she thought I should do, which uh, I didn't do. <laughs> And, uh, when she uh, saw me again and I had actually been referred to her by the police now, um, she, uh, she kind of cussed me out. She, uh, shouted me out because I didn't speak her level of Italian. Uh, she wrote me a nice handwritten note that says I must come back with someone that speaks Italian. And, uh, she just decided that she wasn't going to help me. So I, um, I ended up, uh, leaving the next day. And, uh, you know, that was sort of, my Italian experience, you know, and I, I believe I said earlier uh, in this episode, but uh, if I haven't, uh, I will. Um, that was a that was a pretty big black spot on my time in Italy. That that really, you know, that, that made me pretty jaded for a while. I, I sort of just distanced myself from this whole process for about three four months because I just I, I didn't know that I wanted to be associated to a country that would sort of treat people like that. I know that's that's sort of you know silly, um, but you know that. I, I can't imagine that would happen in America. Perhaps I'm just too Americanized, but, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine you could walk into a government office and get sort of shouted out because you don't speak their level of, uh, you know, the language.
0: Um, yeah. I totally and inter- it's it's worth interjecting here that, uh, you know, Italy did, you mentioned the changing requirements for uh, citizenship by marriage and citizenship by residency. So they did introduce requirements that you have to know or speak Italian to a certain level just in the last year or two. Um, so they did that actually in December. Yeah. So maybe it's more recent than that there. even. Yep. Uh, but there's definitely a sentiment in the government offices that if you don't speak good Italian, um, you know, I think we were both uh, passable, right? Like my my Italian is is not good by any stretch. It's not even really conversational, but I can I can make myself understood and I can understand what's being said to me generally. Um, so certainly sufficient to understand what's going on and be able to complete the process if they're willing to actually be a little bit patient uh, with you. But that's just not the case right now. The, the general sentiment uh, after these laws were passed, even though it does not apply to people uh, applying for citizenship by descent like we were, um there's definitely a sentiment that you know you should speak better italian and you should be more integrated and more committed to italy um so i think you ran into some of that i know i definitely did down in naples um you know so that's that's just a little context maybe for people that are not familiar with the current political situation in italy that uh, may have contributed to what you experienced
1: yeah and you know the thing is there's nothing wrong with them wanting you to speak italian especially if you're going through the citizenship process I sort of firmly believe you should speak the language. Um, the the issue I sort of took with it was just how sort of, you know, nasty she was about it. It wasn't like she was trying to be helpful and, you know, uh, couldn't, you know, couldn't help me or couldn't understand me. Or, that's certainly one, uh, you know, one, one way to look at it. Now, she looked at me and pretty clearly said to me, the only language I speak is Italian and just decided from there on out she didn't want to help me and then just continually shouted the same sentence at me, which is, you don't speak Italian, what do you want me to do? Um, when I'm replying to her in Italian, she just she didn't want to help me. Um, and it's just one of those things where, like I said, it jaded me for a while. Uh, so ultimately I left, and I kind of sat on it for a few months and just thought about what did I want to do. And uh, obviously now we know that uh, I have filed through consulate and have had my paperwork accepted, and that was about a 10-minute process. I, I seriously walked in there. And walked out within 10 minutes. I spent more time in the waiting room than I did them reviewing my documents and cashing my check. And it wasn't because they weren't thorough. It was that I had everything in a row, which really goes back to my issue with the way it worked in Italy, which is the only thing I was sure was timing, which is definitely on me. But really, the, the, the big issue I had was that, you know, I, I just got stuck between these three government offices and nobody wanted to jump out of line which is largely an Italian thing. It's, it's, and I I don't, I don't mean to make it sound like, you know, Italians aren't helpful or aren't, uh, aren't willing to sort of, you know, work your situation, whatever it is. But, you know, if, if you need kind of a, you know, a, a not adult decision, but if you need, if you need someone to step in and sort of, you know, work your process any more than is necessary, uh, you're not going to have that luck. At least I didn't in Rome. Uh, perhaps it's different in different cities, perhaps it's different if you speak the language better. Uh, you know I, I, I don't I don't know, but my experience was was a, a pretty poor one and it was based on my own mistakes and it was also based on um, how the process is set up in Rome.
0: Yeah and I, I mean I know my experience down in Naples was very similar. Um, I eventually ran into a wall. With the uh, you know office that handles residency, um, I was able to actually register my lease uh, with some help from my landlord. It took a couple trips. They asked for some documents that just simply weren't required and and were mentioned nowhere online or or in their you know sort of set of requirements. Um, but that's fairly common in government offices in Italy. I think they'll kind of come up with things they want you to bring in, and and there's not a lot you can do about it. Um, but comply. Sometimes they'll ask for things that you can't get until you, you know, receive what you're trying to get from them. Uh, So there can be circular sort of dependencies there where you can't get this document until you have this one, but you can't get that document until you have the one that you're trying to get, you know, currently. So that's not an uncommon situation to run into. Um, And, you know, it seems to be based on my experiences in both the North and the South of Italy, your experiences in Rome. And, you know, I've talked to, a lot of other people uh, who've dealt with uh, various levels of Italian bureaucracy, it seems to be like that across the board. I don't think anybody um, you know, that I've talked to has had a really positive experience with the Italian government specifically. Um, obviously, that does not apply to the Italian people in general, um, but the bureaucracy within the government itself is definitely a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, uh, probably worth noting, so you mentioned the uh, process at the consulate was really easy for you. So you were applying in Detroit, right? Correct, yep. And that will differ greatly based on your location. So Mm -hmm. in order to apply at a consulate, you need to prove that you're a resident uh, in that area, right? So uh, some consulates, I know California, for example, uh, I believe New York as well, and quite a few others, I know Washington, D.C. and quite a few others around the U.S. have huge wait times right now. So getting an appointment there, you're looking at probably a two-year wait, more or less, unless you get lucky and get like a canceled slot or something. Uh, but generally appointments book up at least two years out. Um, and that's sort of what you're looking at waiting if you're a resident of California or New York or Washington, D.C. or any you know, sort of populous state um so it's not always that easy uh and typically if you do get an appointment you get one shot if there's any issues with your paperwork they'll send you away and you got to come back two years later with a new appointment um there's no there's no do-overs there's no retries uh sometimes they will allow you to like send in or email extra supporting documents if they need them but that's pretty rare so you shouldn't count on that um so it, it may be depending on how uh, you know sort of committed to this process you are it may be something where it's worth actually moving to a state at least temporarily and getting uh, residents there meaning like a driver's license and a utility bill in your name or something um and doing the process somewhere like detroit that has less of a wait time if you need to do this faster that is kind of a little hack that people can think about rather than going to italy itself move to a state that has less of a uh, wait time at the consulate.
1: Yeah, I don't know how what Detroit's time one is. I had shared with you. Um, I got two appointments within the same week. Um, I missed my first. Uh, I uh, I left my headlights out of my car. <laughs> um, but the 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 second one I got literally the next day. So um, I do know if you go on the calendar, uh, I have looked recently. It is totally booked up. But I have a feeling Detroit is. I don't want to say less busy but has less of an Italian population than insert some of those other major metros like, like a Houston or a Washington DC or a Los Angeles uh, or Chicago even. So it's the the consulate route for me was, was definitely the right way to go. Um, You know, I actually didn't want to do the consulate route in the beginning because they charge you to turn in your paperwork. And I thought, well, that's silly. I'll just, you know, I'll just do it in Italy. And uh, man, (laughs) if I could go back, I, I, I mean, I'd still do the Italy, but, uh, I, I would have, uh, I would have cut that check, uh, a long time ago. Um, but the console route made a lot of sense for me because, you know, obviously they're going to speak English, uh, and they're not going to be sort of bullish, uh, on, uh, rather bearish on, on sort of, you know, your inability to speak perfect Italian. Uh, and even more so in Detroit, they were just generally very interested in why I wanted to be Italian and where my family was from, and what my lineage was like, and sort of my process through it. Um, Very, very helpful people. Uh, The process is long. That's something we should touch on. Um, Italy recently changed the law on this for everybody. Uh, Prior to December of 2018, you had a two-year gap. So if you turned your paperwork in in January of 2018, by January of 2020, they had to make you Italian or decline you. There was no other sort of, nothing they could do. Um, At the end of two years, you were done. If they didn't give you an answer and they didn't decline you, you're automatically Italian. That's it. You have to send them a, I forget the form, but it basically says, Hey, it's been two years. You need to make me Italian. Um, Now Italy has changed that. Um, It's a four-year window now. And at the end of four years, and it's retroactive by the way. So if you're in the process, you could ultimately have to wait four years. But at the end of four years now, they don't even have to, they don't have to make you Italian anymore. They just have to respond. And all they have to say is we're still working on it. There's, there is no legal time limit anymore. And sort of reading through the tea leaves on that, you know, the, the proposed change of, uh, of this process that ultimately did not go through was that they were going to limit it to grandparents and it was going to be current grandparents so that means uh we would both have been ineligible and then anyone else down the line would have been ineligible uh so it it, it it's definitely sort of you know it, it seems like that's their way around or that was their proposed idea around this uh what they ended up doing was making it the four-year window uh where they no longer have to make you italian and then even more so now um at the end of four years the only thing I have to say is, hey, we're still working on it. So, I have a feeling that's their way of of slowing down the process for a lot of people who they don't deem to be Italian enough, and you know that's going to be something to sort of consider with your application going forward. Uh, you know, definitely should be you know something you should at least you know try to file, but there's there there is that slight chance now, depending on sort of the politics of it, uh, that they ultimately decide to not actually process your application.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's definitely a small possibility. I, I don't think they'll go all the way to outright banning or rejecting all applications. But this is a response to sort of the aforementioned flood of applications uh, that we discussed earlier. That they've been receiving uh, in the last couple of years, and uh, ultimately, something did have to give, right? Like they've, I think it's something like you know 3000% more applications in 2018 than they had in like 2015 or 16. Uh it's a massive massive number. Um and I don't have that data right in front of me right now, so I'm not going to throw out uh any real numbers, but it's a huge increase. Uh, they're they really are overwhelmed in in many uh cities and and areas in Italy. Um and they're trying to I think respond to that in some manner. There's there's one party that definitely wants to shut down all of this. And then there's, you know, other more moderate parties that want to try to maybe limit it or, uh, you know, just slow things down a little bit so they get some breathing room, I think. Um, hopefully, you know, that doesn't happen and it, it remains open long term. But, you know, that's definitely a risk that people uh, should be aware of. Yeah.
1: And something I want to touch on uh, with next episode, I'll look it up, is I believe that four-year rule is any documents that are older than 1948. Um, so I, I don't want to make it sound like everybody's in there. I don't know uh, the exact verbiage of that. I just knew it it applied to me. Uh, and in talking with the consulate, uh, they pretty much told me, you know, it, it's probably 10 to 11 months for us to go from start to finish on this. So um, shouldn't, you know, shouldn't affect me. But like I said, the sort of tea leaf reading on that is that they want you to be Italian. You know, this is, they were pretty generous for a long time. They, they sort of let anybody who, you know, had any real connection to Italy, which ultimately probably is me uh, become an Italian citizen. And now they're still going to let you do that. But they want to see you have some some interest and even more so some connection to the country and the culture. And, you know, I know you've seen it and I've seen it as well. There are a lot of people who are, are very upset about that. You know, a lot of people who were going to go through the marriage process or through the naturalization process. And now that they have to speak what is a B1 level of Italian, I don't, I don't know the, 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 what the standard for that is. I don't know if that's college, high school, whatever. Uh, but a lot of people don't speak that level of Italian. I, I bet you a lot of Italians don't speak B1 Italian. So, you know, it, it's, it's, they're really starting to step up, you know, your requirement to the state. Uh, because if you don't have those, you know, I, I and this is just sort of my feeling, they're going to decide you're not Italian enough. And until you approve otherwise, we're just not going to make you Italian.
0: Yeah. And, and that's it's the sort of intersection of, you know, what does Italian enough look like legally and how does that get interpreted? Um, you know, even currently, there are different laws that get interpreted different ways depending on which consulate you go to. And that's probably going to become even more sort of fragmented uh, in the future as they pass more of these laws. Some consulates are probably going to be more strict about it. Some areas in Italy will probably be more strict about it. Others will be a bit more lenient. Um, You know, generally in Italy, the law is sort of a guideline. And then the sort of bureaucrats working in whatever government office you're dealing with interpret it how they see fit. Um, So things are very much not set in stone. Um, They're flexible generally. And it really depends on who you're dealing with you know, where you're, where you're going and, and what you're actually doing. Um, so, you know, that's important to keep in mind as well. Think carefully for anybody who's going through the consulate or in Italy uh, trying to go through this process now. Definitely choose your location carefully because uh, that does make a big difference. Um, you know, as you mentioned, you got appointments in Detroit very easily. Um, I know for me, I'm, I'm going through the process in Manila now and here there's no appointment even required it's literally just to walk in and you talk to the consulate because they don't receive uh many applications of this type um and they just don't they're not that busy generally i think uh so it really does depend on where you go if you're in an area like california that has a long wait time and or a potentially a strict consulate you know you may consider getting residency somewhere else for a little bit and uh you know trying that it this, I don't know who this quote is attributed to, but you know I've heard it said, like go where you're treated best, um, and that can apply to many things in life, but it definitely applies to this process. If you're looking at going through it, you'll save yourself a lot of time and money if you choose the right place, um, because there are definitely places that will treat you better than others, and you'll definitely want to look into that at the time that you're going through it, because it changes all the time. Uh, Some places get overloaded with applications, they become more strict. Other places um, are kind of overlooked and they'll they'll remain more lenient. So we definitely want to kind of research, you know, which areas might be sort of easier or quicker to apply depending on how urgent this is for you uh, and, you know, what you're going to kind of do with it. Yeah.
1: Um, That's a good point. You know, the, 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 as, as this process gets more sort of scrutinized, which is what, it's getting, what is what is happening now, and this is probably just the first sort of set of reclassifying it, you know, or at least restructuring how it works, um, there will be more fragmentation. Consulates will have, you know, widely different rules, even though they likely now do, but that will change more. And then inter-Italy will get even more split. You know, you will have some small cities that are very efficient with the process and you know they'll they'll probably stop doing it all at some point because it just becomes too much of a burden. So it's 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 I don't think they'll ever stop you from being able to become Italian. Um, I don't think legally they can unless they go back and you know rewrite or overwrite that that law from ninety one. I believe it is that that sort of outlines this process because there this process has been around since the fifty, but they've changed the law on it three or four times to where you were Italian and then you had to decide if you wanted to be. And now it's, again, you're just Italian. Um, you know, at some point, they're they're going to um, maybe not revise it. I don't think they're going to go through the same thing they went through in the from the 50s or 60s to the 90s. But they'll change how they view the application. Um, you know, this is much like the Comune. Uh, there's a law in Italy, and we both know this. We talked about this. There's a law in Italy that says when you file for citizenship or when you file for residence, based on, you know, sort of familial citizenship or familial sort of ancestry. Uh, they're supposed to just process your application, uh, knowing that that's what you're doing, if you can prove that to them. And in my experience, nobody cared. You know, that wasn't a thing for them. They didn't, they, they collectively chose to just not, not even care that you were doing that. It doesn't matter if you referenced it. It didn't matter if you had a printout of it. They, they just chose not to deal with it. So it didn't matter. It was a law and it had been circulated through the communes. Uh, it, it's literally just that they chose not to not to you know uh, apply that to your situation. And I have a feeling that's what they'll do with citizenship uh, going down the road here. They will uh, find a way to sort of figure out what your connection or your, your sort of want to connection to Italy is. And then sort of apply that to should you or should you not be Italian.
0: Yep. And and for probably a lot of Americans, that may sound somewhat unbelievable that a government office would literally refuse to comply with a law. But uh, you know, essentially, that is that's exactly what I ran into in Naples. Um, I even printed out the laws. I brought them into the you know office of residency, and uh, they basically uh, more or less effectively refused to give me residency there. And that was the roadblock that I you know sort of ended up running into that caused me to uh, leave Italy and apply elsewhere. Um, so, you know, it is, it is important to keep in mind if you're American or uh, from a, maybe say a Western European country where things are a little less bureaucratic, um, you know, things work differently there. And they, they are very much open to interpretation. Uh, you know, workers in government offices tend to have a lot more leeway and discretion, and that can work for or against you. Um, if they want to help you out, they have a lot of leeway to do so. But if they decide they don't like you, um, you know, there may not be much you can do about it. Uh, In Italy, they literally, you know, in Naples, they told me to basically go back to Tuscany where my uh, great grandfather's from and do it there because they didn't want to deal with me. Um, So that's, you know, it's a distinct possibility. Uh, It doesn't happen everywhere, but it's something to be aware of if you're going there uh, to apply. Um, And it's probably also worth noting that you may be treated better uh, in the actual area where your ancestors are from, because you have some of something of a connection there. There's, you know, there's, there's a bit of a rivalry between Southern Italy and Northern Italy as well. Uh, and I think I ran into that in Naples a little bit where they were like, your great grandfather's from the North go up there and, you know, they can deal with you. Um, that was at least the, the sort of, uh, impression that I got from dealing with some of the, uh, bureaucrats there. Um, so that's something to keep in mind as well. Maybe consider going to the area where your ancestors are from. You may be received a little bit more warmly than you would be in other areas of Italy.
1: Yeah, I experienced the same thing. Um, you know, my family's from Sicily, uh, in, in my dealing with where my family is from, they were very sort of quick and efficient, which is something I'm, you know, sort of told, I don't know from the experience that that is, that is the complete opposite of how Sicily is run. Um, I had emailed them about my issue and they pretty much told me to just sort of come down and they'll help me figure it out. Uh, I chose not to do that based on sort of where it was in Sicily. Um, it would have been, you know, pretty remote. I would have had to rent a car. There had been a lot of logistics that went into it. And I really disliked the city life of Rome. So I ultimately decided to just stick it out in Rome. But I, I have, I'm pretty sure that if I would have started this process in Sicily, uh, I would have at least gotten further along. I don't know if it ultimately would have changed anything, but there would be would have been some sort of tangible difference just based on my family from being there or my family being from there, but also uh, just just sort of their attitude towards the whole thing. Like they, they, from Go, were very sort of open to my situation, whereas with Rome, I mean, it took them a week just to answer an email just to give me a no. So it's, 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 you know, you you touched on it and it couldn't be any more true. You, unless you come from a culture like this, and I don't know that there's a similar one, but you don't know bureaucracy until you've, you've sort of dealt with, with this, uh, because it's, it's, it's like a brick wall. Uh, and they just, they don't, they don't want to help you. You know, the the sort of coined is like red tape everywhere, you know, Italy might as well have red brick. I mean, it's, it's. It's, it's impossible to get anything done that requires any sort of, you know, anybody to make sort of an executive decision. If it's not a standard uh, situation, you know, and somebody has to, you know, for lack of a term, turn up some brain cells to, to make your deal work or sort of fix your problem. You're in trouble that that's, that was my experience from the start and it, it only got worse as time went on. So I don't mean to sound so sort of negative about Italy you know, it was really a great time. I really enjoyed my time there. and I will continually, uh, sort of explore Italy as I do work remote, much like you. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where, uh, if I had, if, if you asked me if I wanted to live in Italy full time, the answer is no, because I know at some point I'd have to deal with government again. And that was such a, a horrible experience that I wouldn't even try it on my own again. I, I would just hire an attorney to go through whatever process necessary uh, for whatever I needed, because it, it's, it's such a time suck. And even much it, more so it's, it's just such a, it demoralizes you. It, it's just not something I would want to deal with. It.
0: Well said, I think uh, with that, I think we'll wrap it up. Um, you know, not to end on too much of a negative note, but I think that's sort of a realistic picture of you know, what to expect if you do go there, just be aware of of what you're up against and you need to have a game plan for dealing with it. Um, You know, and that's, that's just kind of how things, things are there. And it's, it's what you need to be prepared to deal with uh, if you go there and and plan to go through this process. Um,
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And it's, you know, not, not, as you said, not to end this negatively and really just to be kind of pointed is, you know, there's nothing wrong with applying in Italy. You know, if if your goal, if your dream, you know, I I met some Brazilians whose dream it was to become citizens in Italy and they went through the process. Um, You know, we we discussed this before, and this is a good end. Uh, Both of us run businesses and we didn't have the time all day, every day to invest in in dealing with this process. Uh, You know, we, we had sort of a schedule between professional and personal. And I'm not, I'm not going to say that these, these people I met don't have, you know, their own things going on, but they had much more time to invest in working the problem. And, you know, in America, you know, where we're from, you know, you, you can usually get things done just based on the sort of merits of it. And that was just not a thing in Italy. So it's, it's, it's definitely, you can definitely file in Italy. I think we'll talk about that next, right? Is, is, is a little more freestyle on, on what exactly happened in Italy and what we would have done different and all that. But, um, really, you know, applying Italy still has its merits. It's, it is a beautiful country. We both said that many times. It's just, you really have to be committed to making it work because if you're not, you're going to get frustrated and it's going to really sort of jade you on the whole experience.
0: Well said. Thanks so much for, uh, you know, your insights and, um, you know, we'll cover some, cover some more details next time.